Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. It's a strange one today. It's an exciting one, and I know you guys were probably thinking that Steve and I would be sitting face-to-face, breathing each other's uh, COVID-friendly air. I guess it is um, now. Is that what you call it, Steve? COVID-friendly air? <laughs> anyway, Steve's here. Nice Hi, Steve. You in a familiar setting. I'm well. I'm well. Oh. I know. It's weird, isn't it? We see each other every week. Um, just to set the scene for the listeners, I'm in my um, kitchen come living room. Our home is not very big. Um, Steve's oh. been here before, so it's, it is a familiar surrounding. I'm a little bit out of whack, though, because as I said to Steve before we started um, recording... Um, I don't really have the room to set up properly. I don't have my microphone stand because I've got to buy a new one. It's all a bit weird at the moment. So hopefully this comes across and sounds okay. Um, I'm sure Steve will tell me if That's it's not cool. sounding okay before we go too far. Yep. Is your, um, is your place nice and clean? It's all good. You finished? All right. So, right. well, Natasha's been cleaning it. Um, it wasn't clean. Considering, though, yep. considering our place was shut up for two years, and, of course, we've had, you know, family looking after it, um, there wasn't a lot of dust, you yeah, know what right. I mean? There wasn't a huge amount of dust, um, but it's it still needed yeah. a lot of cleaning outside. Needed a lot of cleaning, so. But yeah, a lot of work to do, mate. So it's been a lot of uh, a lot of cleaning, a lot of uh, washing, a lot of cleaning the house, cleaning the car. Um, we'll get onto that in a second. Um, before we go any further, um, if you haven't been here before, you're probably going, Shit. "What are these two guys talking about?" Um, my name is Michael Bath. <laughs> Steve on the other end. Steve's in Sydney and today I'm actually in Sydney um, and all our regular listeners will know that I've just left uh, Bahrain and London and now I'm back in Sydney. Um, Steve and I were going to do this in person today but I said let's just do it by Zoom because I wasn't really organised and and a lot of stuff's been going on with the car etc and Steve's also doing work. Um, Just a quick quick update Steve, Um, so we left London we had a few issues at the airport. Uh, we were supposed to get, we had our test done. You're supposed to get a test done 72 hours before um, leaving London. As per Singapore Airlines guidelines, as per all the things that were coming through, all the multiple emails every day, we get to the airport and apparently we needed a test um, 48 hours before, within 48 hours. Um, and what the problem was is the problem yep. was um, Singapore, Australia needed it seven before within 72 hours. Singapore yes. needed it within 48 hours. So we oh, didn't okay, have the well. right tests. They couldn't board us on the plane. So we had to go and get a test at the airport, pay another X amount of money, quite oh, a lot know. of money to get two tests done. We had to wait for 40 minutes for it to come through. We literally, we got our flight. We're pretty close. Um, yeah. And that was it. So we had to do another test. So it was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a hiccup, a bit of uh, misinformation from Singapore. They didn't really give us the right information. Um, which right. is a bit annoying. Bit stressful. That's bit stressful, bit stressful. Mm. Um, but that's about it. So we, we left there on uh, Thursday. We arrived back in Sydney on Friday night. Um, and then Saturday morning, I went to get my driver's license renewed, which was cool. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, basically, I hadn't had... What would you have to do? Well, I had to actually go to Service New South Wales, which is close by. Mm-hmm. First time I've actually done it at Service New South Wales. Last time I did it was RTA in Botany. Yeah. And really do nothing. I just had to fill in. I had the form already that, that was sent to me uh, two years ago. So I filled mm-hmm. out that form, um, did all the details, had to get my photograph taken again, had to sit the eye test though. Um, the eye test I yep. almost failed, which was a bit scary. Um, basically, I hadn't, <laughs> had, I hadn't had much sleep. 
I was a bit yep. jet lagged. We'd slept about three hours that night. We went to bed about four in the morning and I, and I was awake at seven to get there by 8.30 opening. And yep. I, all, I got a letter wrong and then he made me go back and say it again and I knew what I did wrong. So then I said the correct one and he said, oh, I thought, I thought you said something else the first time. Um, so right. I actually got through, so I got that. So I got my piece of paper and hopefully yep. I'll get my license in the next, I don't know, week or so. I think it takes two weeks, right? I don't know. It's been so long since I've kind of done it that way. I didn't realize because the last time I got my license from you, you could just do it all online and they used the same, bizarrely, um, they used the same photo. So the photo of me is like 15 years old or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's I really strange. I couldn't use the, I think my photo couldn't be used because, um, because of the expiry date of the license, I think. Yeah. I think that's the reason why. So... Yeah, cool. Anyway, that's done. I thought it was going to be, honestly, I thought it was, it was one of those things that I was thinking about that was stressing me out. And I thought it was going to be more of a hassle than what it was. Yep. It was actually pretty easy and it was done in less than 10 minutes. I'm in and out of this because I got there so early in the morning. I got there when they opened. So that was good. Yep. What else? What else? All right. So let me just go back because, you know, we haven't been here for a week. Um, as everyone knows, we had a little bit of a week off while I was traveling. Uh, I just want to go back to... The Patreon members, Steve, that have joined over the last few weeks. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got three new members of Porsche Cool. Stefan is one of them. Uh, Stefan is from... Stefan. Stefan. Thank you, Stefan. Stefan's from Germany. Stefan has a Boxster 986 2.7 Tiptronic for about six cool. years. Uh, he actually converted it to a manual this year. Mm-hmm. He's actually been working on it. He sent me a long message on Patreon. I won't read it out here, but I might talk about it in a future episode about this because I think it's quite interesting. But he's basically, uh, he converted it to a manual. He joined Porsche Cooled. So thank you, Stefan. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, the next person is, uh, we all know who this is, is Gary. Uh, Gary is Owner Stories 58, which I'm going to talk about shortly. Shortly, Gary was the last Owner Stories before we went on our break, Steve. Yeah, cool. Gary from New Jersey. So thank you, Gary, for uh, for joining again. I know I thank you personally, but thank you again. Go, Gary. Um, go, Gary. And then Alan. Alan is from... Alan was lucky. He was number 50. He was number 50 of the of the Patreon members. So I think we have 51 or 52 now. Gary's... Uh, sorry, not Gary. Alan's from San Francisco. Uh, Alan's got a... Uh, an Alan... I don't know if you told me what you had, Alan. I checked it on your Instagram, but maybe you did tell me. Alan's got a 996.1 Carrera and a 997.1 GT3 RS, Steve. Wow. Nice. So if you want to go and have a look, he's got an Instagram. I'll tell you that later. But he's... Uh, yeah. He's got a 997.1 GT3 RS in, looks like Carrara white, or it could be just white, but it's definitely white. So it's one of the whites. What color are the decals? Yeah, with the black decals on it. Very oh, nice. Okay. Very, very yeah. nice. Um, anyway, just uh, if you don't know what Patreon is, uh, Patreon is just where you go and support the podcast. It helps us talking. Uh, you just go to patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled, and you can just join us for as low as you know $2 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. Um, it does really help us. So if you if you can go there and support us in any way, that would be fantastic. Um, Steve, let me get on to owner story. So like I said, Gary was number 58. Uh, um, Gary is from New Jersey. Hi, Gary. Um, Gary owns two Porsches. Gary was, it was a funny story when I was talking to Gary because it was like, I knew Gary had the two two Porsches that he that he's driving, right? Which is the, yep. <coughs> which is the um, uh, 996 and 997. Yep. But I didn't know when I started talking to him before we started recording, he'd, he'd actually owned f- around 15 to 20 Porsches. Yeah. So yeah. then we couldn't yeah, talk about few. it. He had quite a few. He's a big fan of transaxles. Uh, uh-huh. He's owned a lot of transaxles. He's owned the 944, 944 S2, turbos, 944 turbo, 
what else? Uh, 928 GT, which was the auto one because you couldn't get a manual. Um, 968 cab, which is manual. All the others were manuals. Um, so it was a good story. Um, if you haven't listened to it already, I know a lot of people probably already have uh, because it has been up for over a week now. But Gary had a good story because he, you know, he, he moved to the US when he was about 10. Then he moved to Belgium. And then in Belgium, he bought his first Porsche, which was a 944, which he earned from working in the family business. Uh, at 17, he had a 944. So it's a bit like, um, you know, a bit like Rich, uh, who had the 944 when he was 16. Yeah. And a car that he drove through Europe, really enjoyed it. Um, it. It's interesting how much the love of these transaxles, though, Steve. I mean, I've never driven one. Have you ever driven one? No, no, I've not even sat in one. Um, really? I always wanted to have a go because I think when I was in my 964 and 993, like I used to read whatever it is, 911 Porsche World and Total 911 all the time. So I'd read it front front to back and they'd always kind of feature those sorts of cars, but I just had no understanding of it. Like I wonder how it would differ, say, from like an equivalent um, BMW because, you know, like if it's sort of front-engine rear-wheel drive, I wonder how I'm assuming it's going to be better, but I kind of wonder what the difference is between like the driving experience. You know what I get surprised about? Yeah, true. Good point. Good point. You know what I get surprised about is when I see cars in real life and I I know I've seen them before and then I see them in perspective. Yesterday, and I'll get into it, but yesterday when I turned up at Order House, they were still taking cars out of the out of the workshop yep. and a 914 reversed out one of the guys yep. works there was reversing out a 914 yep. it really is tiny yeah. <laughs> it is so small i never realized how small it was and it's, it's so low this one was smoking like the bejesus i don't know if they were fixing that or not but it was it was smoking pretty badly mm-hmm. but wow what a what a tiny what a tiny car yeah i don't know i think you just well if you think about like every time like a new model kind of comes out, it's like that much bigger than the last one. Um, when I got into my uncle's 2002 TII sort of thing, that thing is miniature. <laughs> it is so small, but it's quite surprisingly spacious on the inside, but the dimensions of it from the outside, I don't know, I guess maybe that's where all the safety stuff comes in because, you know, like I, you, you really don't want to have a side impact in that thing. Yeah. You don't want to roll it. You don't want to have a side impact. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. One more thing before we get into it, Steve. Apple ratings and reviews. Over the last week or so, there's been a couple of reviews. The first one, I think there's been three actually. First one, uh, I know you like these. That's why I read them out for your benefit because I know you don't see them. Committed enthusiast. I do know who this is. I do know that his person. He's got a. Uh, he's got the new um, GT3 actually. Um, hello, hello, good morning, good morning, welcome, welcome. True enthusiasts have put their time into the passion we all share, calling in from different sides of the world. Much of the time, Michael and Steve have re- re- remained committed to delivering great content despite the sacrifices Most of, the time. of <laughs> sacrifices. <laughs> delivering time. great content despite the sacrifices of sleep deprivation. That's your your thing, Steve. Bravo, gents, uh, keep it up. So thank you so much. Uh, that's BM, BMC SoCal. Thank you uh, from the US. Next one, congratulations. This is from Jez. Thank you, Jez. Uh, Congratulations, guys, on 150 episodes. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about Michael's first drive after nearly two years. Hasn't happened yet. I drove to Order House yesterday, but we'll get on to that. (laughs) Safe travels back to Australia. Regards, Jeremy992, Cotswolds, UK. Um, But next week on the beaches in the Maldives. Jeremy was on um, previous owner stories. He's got the white white 992 Carrera. Oh, that's right. Yep. Cool. Um, The next one... Number one for Porsche owner stories. 
Uh, I followed Michael even before he started his podcast shows because I liked watching his YouTube videos that talked about his own Porsche ownership experience. These owner story episodes allow you, the listener, to get a special glimpse into the lives of each of his guests as they share their own unique Porsche ownership experiences. If you love Porsches and the Porsche community, this podcast show is for you. And that's from Carrera Licious in the US. Thank you, Rich. That's Rich who was on Owner Stories. Thank you so much, okay. Rich. Okay, Rich. Oh, Steve, what's been happening? Mm. Save my breath for a second. What's been going on with you? You've been out in the car? Mm, no, I haven't. The weather, as you like, you've kind of landed in the midst of the, how the weather's sort of been for quite some time. And I'm still in sort of stupid, slightly precious mode about trying not to get the car too, not wet, but kind of too grimy um, after kind of spending all that time sort of ceramic coating it and all that sort of thing. Um, so I haven't really been out much. Marco was away. Um, he went on a little sort of road trip with his family. Um, so yeah, and work's been busy. So I haven't really done much with a car. I just kind of go downstairs occasionally, tinker with it, clean take a, something, take a tidy photo up of something. It. Take a photo, yeah. kiss it. Yeah. Rub, so I, rub my that, nude body all over it. I think, I think we need to talk about that because you mentioned that in the last episode. You've done all this paint detailing. Oh. You've detailed it. You've ceramic coated it. You ceramic coated the the windscreen, didn't you? You sent a note in, in on our notes on uh, on that we do for the episode, and you said you've yeah. actually also now coated your tires. I yeah. mean, you think this is a problem because you just said it. You you're a bit scared. You don't want to drive it in the rain. You don't want to drive it in the wet. You know. Um. No. Like I preempted this. Like if you wind back, probably like a hundred episodes or whatever it is. Like I when my uncle was kind of getting into it and I was resisting very much like to not kind of do the whole thing because I knew that this exact kind of thing would happen, which is, um, and you know what it's like, it's no different from you kind of washing your car. Like when you go and wash your car and then you kind of whack, wax it and you polish it up nicely and you spend like however many hours doing it. Um, and then you look outside and it's kind of a bit dreary or it looks like it's going to rain. You kind of go, oh, if I don't have to drive, then I won't. Yeah, so true. I'm just in that kind of mode. Yeah. Um, but it'll go. Like I know basically it's just going to take a little bit of time for the sort of whole precious phase to kind of wear off. Um, so it's not because of anything in particular with the actual kind of um, detailing and the coating itself, although... I must admit, like a ceramic coating thing is not as maintenance-free as the marketing kind of makes it out to be. Um, uh, but I think it's a, a lot more of it is just like the psychology, the mindset of it. So just because it looks sort of so kind of clean and new-ish sort of thing that you're sort of a little bit less or you're a little bit more resistant to kind of messing it up, if you know what I mean. But yeah, I'm yeah. sure if you kind of give me like another month or two and once your car's done and we kind of start getting out and stuff like that, I'm sure all of that will kind of go out the window and like driving takes the priority. I think it should. I think it should. Yeah. 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 All right. So why don't we get on to what everyone's waiting to hear about? It's about, yep. about the car. And I've had a lot of people message me, Steve. Um, a lot of people have been messaging me about the, actually, no, before I get into that, I want to say one other thing. I just want to say, yep. um, 
before I left London, the last day I met London, I know Ajmal wanted to meet up with me. I know other people, Nick at Classic Series, have been asking to meet up for, with me. It was very hard for me to get out of London because we had a lot of we had a lot of people visiting. Natasha's sister, friends from Bahrain, so it was a bit difficult. But I did manage to meet up with Nick from Owner Stories One, my friend Nick in, in London. Oh, cool! Because um, he stays nearby where we live in in London, so he uh, him and I met up, went out to our regular place for dinner for dinner. Um, and that was good. Good to catch up with What's Nick. What's he done to his car? Has he done anything? Um, nothing. And I just want to say, Nick actually uh, did correct me. I have actually seen one other Carrera GT, and it's when I was with Nick and we went out to Goodwood. He came and picked me up in London and we went to Goodwood for the day because oh, cool. he's a member. So getting on yep. to the fact that he's a member, he's actually going to be buying, he's going to buy some tickets for the Festival of Speed. He wants me to go with the Festival of Speed with him and I think some other cool. people which yep. is on 23rd of June. Um, he's going to buy the tickets anyway. Hopefully it'll all work out. It'd be really cool to go there. Um, and That'd see be awesome. It. Yeah, it's something I've really wanted to see. So hopefully that will happen in June. I'm sure there's a lot of other listeners in the UK who are planning to do that. Um, if you are, um, just reach out, let us know. Um, maybe we can sort of uh, all meet up there. That would be a good thing. I think of all um, those types of shows and events and stuff, that and Luftgult would be yeah. the two that I'd kind of want to see the most. Yeah, when, we should we should fly to LA next year and go to Luftgult just for the weekend, mate, and come back. Can you do that? Um, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hello to my wife. If you can hear me. <laughs> let's let's talk about let's talk about the charts, and I'm not going to get into this chart banter and this chart, you know competition with other podcasts but i just want to say i want to say a special thanks steve to our italian listeners our italian listeners have been really really supportive of the podcast and other countries too don't forget sweden norway all you guys but italian visitors italian listeners have been quite supportive because the italian i look at the charts on chartable um and we're pretty much always in recently we've been always in the top five or top top six you know what i mean for Italy. Is that the dude for, with his 997 that's always is, in the room? Kestas. Thank, um, thank you, Kestas for, telling Kestas. Your, Kestas, for telling all your friends about the podcast, which is probably part of the reason. Um, but we've always been constantly, consistently in the top six, I think it is. This week we're number two. You know, number two in Italy, I think that's pretty cool. Um, hmm. So grazie mille for, to all of the people in Italy for, for, for supporting us. It's really, really cool that we're, um, we're on the charts in a country that, English is not your first language, but most Italians speak English very well. Cool. Steve, let's get on to it. So, everyone's been asking me, how was the first drive in your 911? How was the first drive uh, being back? Stop, stop for one sec. So, from the moment that you got off the plane, you walked into your front door, how long did it take for you to do that and drop your bags to then go downstairs and check on your car? Well, this is the weird bit. Usually, you went checked on your car first, and it's been two days. Usually, I would go straight down, pull the cover yep. off, look at the car, yep. check it over, make sure everything's okay, and wash okay. the cover. This time, I didn't go downstairs until actually, I can't remember. Did I go down the same night? Oh, maybe I did. No, oh, I did. So like I did about go down. Hours? I went down, but it was quite late. And then I took the cover off, which was absolutely putrid. It was so filthy. And then underneath the car, yep. the car was still had all black dust on it. And I rubbed my finger on yep. it, and it was all black. So the cut, the dirt still gets under, especially after that amount of time. Um, and then I, then I, 
did actually play with a car. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm very, I was very tired. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know... Well, first I wanted to see the damage. Yep. And then I looked at it and thought, oh, okay, it's not that bad. Yep. Um, it's not that bad. Um, but I'll, I'll add to that story shortly because it actually kind of needed it anyway, so I'm actually okay with it. Yep. Um, but it didn't seem as bad because you'd put the light back in for me, Steve. For the listeners that don't know, you know, someone backed into my car or kicked my car or whatever they did while it was in storage. Backed into it, right? Backed into it. I think someone kicked it, but backed into it, we'll call it. Um, you reckon? That's a tire that, mark on the cover, isn't it? Very high tire mark. Have to be a very big, big, very high car for a tire mark that high. Hmm. I don't know. It seemed very, very high. I don't know. Maybe it was a car. So when Steve went and checked on it, if you don't know the story already, it was torn inside the light cavity couple of dimples on the top and bottom of the parking light fog parking light isn't it you call it the parking yep. light a couple yep. of dimples um and steve put it back in and he put it back in really well i mean it still wasn't flush on the left side i could have probably made it flush i tried to get the light out i actually did use the card and tried to get the light out i couldn't get the light out i tried to get it out that evening i just oh, i really? just couldn't yeah i couldn't pull okay. it out it was stuck it was stuck from the split so i couldn't yep. get it out so i just left it yeah um so that was that. And then I thought, oh, I may as well check the air pressure because I was interested interested to know how much air pressure it would lose in two years. Um, yep. in, the storage, <clears throat> in the storage sort of routine that I go through, I put it up to 50 PSI maximum on each tire. Um, I knew how much it lost during a six-month period. So I kind of thought it would lose around 15 to 17 PSI over the two years. Um, mm-hmm. And literally each tyre had lost 16 PSI consistently, okay. which was quite weird. <clears throat> so the retires so were at 34. Yeah, so the retires were at 34. They should be 40 because mm-hmm. it's 34 and 40 is the set thing, you know, for the car if you if you go by what Porsche says. Um, and the front tyres were... Is that what the, the front, card says? Yep, 34 to 40. Okay. 34 front, 40 back for my car. What do you think that's too high? What do you think it should be? No, I don't know. I just um I know it varies in terms of summer tires plus nineteens versus eighteens. Um I just I don't even know. I don't even know what the factory um pressures are for my car. I can't remember the last time I looked at it. I don't know what order house put in it, but on the placard inside the door, it's thirty four front, forty rear for nineteen um nineteen inch. Yeah, okay. 40 is, 40 is relatively high for um, tire pressures on a car. Um, is it? Which is good for wear, but um, not necessarily that good for grip, although I'd, like, I guess it's just dependent on cars and all that sort of stuff. I remember when I first went to Order House, I think oh. they told me 36 front, 38 rear. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That sounds more... Um, and that sounds similar to kind of what I run. I think I run even lower than that. Oh, really? What do you? Hmm. What? So you you're doing four wheel drive type of thing, overlanding thing, where you get all the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Want to drive through the sand and through that creek but that's is... at the back with the kangaroos <laughs> is, hopping by? Is the ride a bit soft though when it's that low? Soft, my car, no. <laughs> is that why, though? No. Is that why you do it lower? Because your car's got such hard suspension and set up that it would be even harder if the tyres were pumped no, up? No, f- I think I just lost, um, didn't pay attention. So, like, obviously, whenever Auto House kind of take the car, they, um, they, I'm pretty sure they check it pretty much every time. Um, 
And I think it's around 38, yeah, probably 38 rear, 36 front or thereabouts, maybe a tiny a fraction lower on the fronts. Um, but I think also, like, to be honest, in summer as well, um, unless you've kind of got nitrogen in your car, and I don't even know if that actually does anything or not, but clearly that there isn't nitrogen in mine because the pressures um, fluctuate in summer once you kind of get driving quite quite badly, like the heat increases the pressure. So, like, it goes up quite a few PSI right. in a Sydney summer. <clears throat> I might actually ask them when I go out there. I might actually ask mm. them what they set it at because I'm interested to know now because I, I do sure remember. I'm sure they'll set it for you. Yeah, they check the pressure. I do remember someone saying out there, and it could have been Grant, was 36, 38 when I asked the question. Mm-hmm. And that was that was going way back. Yep. So anyway, did I drive the car straight away? Like Steve said, what I did, I went downstairs, I did that, I checked the air pressure, I had a look at the car. I didn't wash the car. I washed the car on, I didn't even wash the car on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. On Saturday, I went down there and I installed the back leather seat stops that I got from Linas. The first thing I started to install was the leather key surround, um, mm-hmm. which just frustrated me. Um, because it didn't fit. I couldn't actually get it to fit. And then I thought I was doing something really wrong, how you do it, because you've got to push the light switch in, Steve, and then yeah. click it to the right, and then you pull yeah. it out. And it yeah. comes out straight away with the plastic part. <clears throat> and then yeah. you unscrew the three torque screws, you take yeah. the inside uh, key surround out, and you put the leather one in. So you I screwed that YouTube in. That's all, that's all fine. No, I didn't have a video. I didn't do videos of anything. Right. Um, so I screwed that in. And then I went to put the keys around in the one that Linas had done for me, the leather one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not too tight. There's no tight. T- the leather is way too thick. There's something wrong with it. It's either warped or there's something weird with it. And I thought I was uh, going crazy. Be, I thought I was going crazy. It could be the thickness of the leather because, um, like, one of my bits from exclusive options, like the window switch, um, the switch itself is a little bit sticky because there's that added thickness of the kind of extra leather kind of covering over the top of it. Okay, the only way to get this in, you would need like a rubber hammer to hit it in. You would never get it out. And then even if you hit it in, it's probably going to push all the leather forward where the little lip of the leather, it would push it forward and it probably wouldn't even sit flush. It would probably still be a nightmare. So here I am thinking I'm going crazy, Steve. So I pulled it out, undid the three torque screws again, redid the torque screws, put the plastic one back in, and the plastic one just went straight in. So obviously it's, it's the size of it. It was too problematic. Too. Yeah, I just left yep. it. <clears throat> I'm going to send him an email and tell him it didn't fit because I think it's, you know, he has to fix yeah. it for other people because it's going to be an issue. Because I've had um, John from Pro Stitch like wrap, you know, little bits of trim that I keep collecting and stuff like that. And he, I remember I once told you he gave me a bit of a sample and he showed me how, how much he shaves the leather back. Um, when he kind of wraps a piece of trim like that and it's surprisingly yes. thin, like it's like... It's like photocopy paper almost, maybe a tiny bit thicker than 80 GSM um, photocopy paper. Right. Yeah, I think he hasn't – I think he didn't shave it back. I think he hasn't shaved it back because it, it, there's no way it would fit. Absolutely no yep. way. I was wondering how the exclusive option one would go actually. If there's anyone listening that's bought the exclusive option leather keys around on a 997 and it's fitted, please let me know because I'd be interested to know because I thought maybe I should just buy one from them if it fits. Because it does actually look better. I know it's such a little part, but when you see the sheen of the key surround I have now, which is leather and that, yep. I can actually see the difference. Yeah, right. Um, so I did the back seat, the back stops of the seat, the luggage rests. Um, that was easy enough. They're just two screws underneath. 
um, 3.5 millimeter, 3.5 millimeter screws. So that was easy enough once I get into the back how seat. How was the match of the leather and the stitch, like to the Seems factory bits? Okay, yeah. Apart from, like, I'm assuming it's a lot more matte kind of thing. Like, you just can't, you well, can't adjust for the fact that, like, 15 year old leather versus brand new leather. See, I don't have much leather. I have the original Porsche part that I bought recently, the console lid, which has got yep. the stitch. Then I've yep. got the consoles, the PCM console surrounds, which I got from LA Dismantler. Yep. Um, they match. I yep. think his stitch is a little bit different. Yep. You know how I was making that, that hoo-ha about the sunroof surround with the stitch on the yep. sunroof surround? Have you the seen that on, Have you got that? Yeah, no. The stuff, the, even though the other ones look like they were white, the stitch on the sunroof surround actually is the same colored stitch as all the other pieces. Yep. Which I didn't realize. And I don't understand how it looks so different in the photos. Yeah, when I think that's it, what I was trying to say to you too, just yeah, from yeah. my experience that with all the different pieces and stuff like that, like um, I, I think, A, it's really hard to photograph it. Like I think yes. the lighting conditions make it look kind of so different. And every time I kind of go and visit a trimmer like John or um, used to be kind of Clarence that I used to sort of see, um, every single time we'd get out the kind of reels of thread and we'd kind of match it up and make sure it's right and check it in the shade and check it in the sunlight. Um, but even then, uh, if you still go and look at my car right now, um, you'll go and look at it and you'll kind of go certain bits don't match up, but I can't tell whether or not it's the spec of the thread or the leather or if it's the the interplay of the light on the interior. Yeah. Well, I, I pulled out the inner door seals, the leather door seals. I haven't installed yep. them. I wanted to go to Order House and to um, yep. Atlas and get everything done first, and then I'll put them yep. in. I also ran out of time as well because I didn't want to get messed up, and I didn't do the sunroof surround either because I didn't have any trim tools at the time because I think I gave you one back. I must have given it I back. I you bought I, some. I bought some, but they only arrived in the boxes that arrived from London yesterday because we sent a few boxes <laughs> oh, okay. from London. So they <laughs> okay. arrived yesterday. So I didn't have any trim tools, and I was like, oh, I could just use a knife, but then that's probably going to mess no, up do my that. roof lining. Don't do that. So I left that, and I didn't do the inner door seals because that just, you know, the sunroof surround looks complicated to me, like popping out lights and putting in plugs. It's like, oh, I just didn't have the frame of mind the other day to do it anyway. I um, did it. I don't, it's not too hard. That one's not too it's hard. It's okay. But yeah. I'm going to, I'll put that in next. I'll put that in next because I think that makes a difference above where you see it. It's all these, I think if you're buying leather parts for your car, and I think we've said this before, it's the things that you see and you touch a lot is what you want in leather. I mean, the leather back stops for the seats, the luggage stops. I know you mm. don't touch them, but I like to have my rear seats down. So when I look back, I can see them and it makes me feel good to see them. You know what I mean? Mm. I think the mm. hook on the back of your seat, and I think yours are leather, Steve, but that bit, as much as I'd like to buy them for $270, you don't really Whoa. see them, and I, all yeah, I do no. is hang things on them, so I think it's a bit pointless to have that one. Sunroof surround is important. Inner door seals, every time you open the car, you see it. Um, oh, the, the leather sun visors, I installed those. I had a bit of a hiccup. I was a bit tired. I did it late on Sunday afternoon. I'd wash the car, um, give yep. the car a quick wash, and then I put the sunroof, the leather sunroof, uh, sorry, sun visors in. Yep. And... You know, I read online, the guy said, be very careful when you take the little plastic cover off where the torque screw is. You can, with the sun visors, I'll just tell the listeners, you can take them off in two ways, as you know. You can pull them, you know, pull them towards you and pull them to the, to the right and pull them off the, off the rod. 
which takes yes. a bit of force yep. and you think you're going to break them. Or you can, some yep. people just undo the screws. Because my sun visors came with all the screws, these are the visors yep. I bought from London and I sent them to Linas. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Now. Yeah. Okay. The sun visors that I bought, one of them um, was broken. The cap was broken. So yep. the clips were broken. And this is the thing that happens online. They say you have to be really careful when you take this little plastic cap off where this torque screw is behind it because it's very thin, the clips, and they break it's the... the cover that... Um, hides the um, the fixtures like the screw heads and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, the yes. one screw head. Yeah, yeah. yeah the one screw. Yep. Um, so they were reasonably, reasonably easy to put in. You've got to push them in and pull them out and whatever. And then, like I said, I didn't realize until, the, until I did the driver's side that it was broken, the cover. So then I had to take it off. Um, and then I'd also broken another one. And then I got confused with the left and the right and I'm trying to put the left cover on the right one. So like I was, I was going through this process of just going crazy downstairs and it took me about an hour to do it. And then I realized what I was doing wrong. Um, mm -hmm. So I literally, I just switched the cover off uh, my original one, put it onto the other one, which means I had to That's pull the cool. bar. I had to pull the rod out. So now it's fine. It's fine. And they're fitted and the leather makes a big difference. They're nice. I find it very the weird though, Steve, that that cross yep. stitch, that beautiful cross stitch, yep. you don't actually see. Because it's on the hidden edge that's um, <laughs> yeah, closest like, to the headliner. <laughs> it's like... But I want to see that. That's actually really nice. Uh, yeah, Why I is that? I was, this is probably getting really boring for everybody, but I remember there was that bit where you kind of asked me whether this stitch was kind of right. And I think I sort of said to mm. you, I guess, like the trimmer has to seal. It's like cross-stitch. They have to kind of seal it up at some point in time. So there's, um, uh, but yeah, okay. But the leather looks nice. The sun visors are nice in the leather and it, and it seems to work quite well. Um, yeah, some, uh, this sounds sounds wanky as all hell, but I really enjoy my Alcantara. <laughs> you like <laughs> the Alcantara, Alcantara visors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could have got Alcantara because of the roof lining is kind of Alcantara, but I kind yeah. of wanted to keep it still how it was before. So it's yeah. black before, yeah. black vinyl, now it's black leather. It does make a yeah. difference when you pull it down. The lights still work. I checked both the lights work with the window, with the mirror. Um, and that little bit of detail stitch where the little thing is where you can stick your map behind the sun visor or business cards or whatever people used to do in the early What is that for? You stick your business, business card there card. or your map there or something. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's very old-fashioned. My business card. Okay. Mm. The one you don't have anymore. Anyway, so that's what I did. Uh, quick update. I'm saying a quick update. Then on Tuesday, which was uh, yesterday right. here, we're recording this on Wednesday. Yep. I went to Order House, Steve. I made sure I got there at 7.30 in the morning. Um, yep. Funny story, and you know the story, really, but funny story. I drive up to Order House. I actually almost drive into the garage, the, uh, drive into the driveway before Order House. I don't know what I was doing. I turned and I turned too soon. <laughs> I don't know what yep. I was doing. So I went into Order House. I see this 996 on the left hand side. Um, I see this 996, and I think that, that number plate looks really familiar. And I, I, I didn't know because I was just getting wanting to get the car in there, I was sort of a bit sort of all over the place. I waited, for the nine, right? I waited for the 914 to come out and then I drove yep. in. Um, beautiful cars in there, like it was packed of cars and there was a beautiful air-cooled 911 on the left and there was a beautiful orange Cayman as well, like some really nice cars in there. Um, mm -hmm. spoke to Chris, who's really, really helpful, um, the new uh, Chris at Waterhouse, Chris, Chris as you yep. call him. Yep. yep. Um, great guy, really, really helpful. Um, Put the car in and then there's this uh, gentleman standing to my right and then I turn and look at him and I think, actually, I do know you. And it was actually Miff, who's actually a Patreon member for a long time, who lives in Sydney, Hello. who yep. had an orange 911 uh, RS 
Um, he's got a 996 and he's got a Boxster S. Um, so I had a chat with him, which was really cool. Uh, I had a chat with him. He actually gave me a lift back to the train station. And yes, I do catch public transport. Not like Steve who gets loan cars. I do actually catch a train back from, yeah. from Waterhouse. <laughs> how, many, how many diseases did you catch on the way? <laughs> had my mask on. I catch, if I can catch the tube in London like a sardine, like what I've been doing for the last week, I can catch the train in, in, from, from Chatswood to back into the city. There's no one in the train. It was empty. It's crazy. Yeah, just just so people don't think I'm a complete tool, I get a loan card because <laughs> I live so fucking far away that um, the Uber fare, yeah. the Uber fare would way outstrip the cost of the loan card. Steve Steve lives in the sticks, so to speak. I do. Yeah, the rich sticks, but the sticks. <laughs> I, the anyway, sticks, um, the badlands. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, hi Miff, because I know you're listening. But Miff had the uh, he's got a nine nine six in silver, the one I got a lift in. Really nice, Steve. The 996, I haven't been in one in such a long time. Like the last one was Tasha's boss, Tim, who had the Career 4. Career four. Um, yep. Miff's one has got like a blue interior. It's tip. Yep. Um, but I tell you what, it was standard exhaust. And I asked Miff mm. while we're driving back to the station, but the, the sound, it's got a really nice sound to it. It seems louder in the cabin than the 997. From what I remember when my exhaust was standard and the sound of it, because I could hear it on my right ear, I could hear the sound of the of, of the exhaust. It was really really nice, and the, and that blue interior is like mm. a darker blue interior. It's very very nice with the uh, with the silver. I like it. Yeah, cool. Um, so that was fun. Uh, that's what happened yesterday. Took it into Order House, like I said, late yesterday. Yep. I got a call back, Steve, from Order House, and and bearing blah, in mind, blah, you blah. know, what <laughs> the dreaded call. And the car, yeah, the call. And I thought it was going to be, I knew there were going to be things coming, as you know. Mm-hmm. So the list is quite long. Chris said to mm-hmm. me, he said, there's, there's a few things. I knew the main part of it. Uh, when I took it to Chris, I thought it was going to be a major service. He said, there's no need to do a major service. It'll be an annual service because you haven't driven yep. it. There'll be no need to do spark plugs and stuff in that because you haven't driven it. That's kind yep. of changed now due to another issue, which I'll get on to. Yep. But let's just let's just run through it, Steve, and I'll get your opinion yeah, on what you think it. of these things. So there was, uh, there's one cost. I'm not going to say the prices. Um, all I'll say to everyone is it's a substantial sum of money. Um, it is yep. more than what I was thinking. It is more yep. than what I had put away to be saved. Um, but that's okay because it hasn't been done in two years. And it's a lot of things which are, I guess one thing is maybe preventative, Steve. The others yep. are all necessary. <clears throat> okay yep. so yep. one i could have said no to but the cost of that thing and i will actually say the cost of that one thing because it doesn't make a lot of difference to the total which one was that one the cracks and the coils oh you you could you didn't have to do that one i didn't have to but they're pretty oh, bad okay. they're pretty bad and i'll get on to the reason why i did it why i decided just to go ahead with it sorry um, so did chris say that you you could potentially that one that surprises me yeah uh, well, I think that's what he said. But let me get onto it. So there was a service, yep. which I knew was happening, so that's fine. The steering yep. rack, which, uh, as everyone knows, last time in 2019 when I had it serviced, that showed up. There was a steering rack leak. Your steering rack yep. will leak if your car's sitting. If there's if it doesn't get uh, moisturized, the rubber seal or whatever, it gets yep. reconditioned. It's not cheap to get reconditioned because when you get that reconditioned, you also have to get a wheel alignment on top of it. Um, yep. So that that was one cost. All right. Did that deteriorate um, over the two years that the card been sitting mm, there? Didn't ask them. You know? Didn't ask them. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. The other thing is when I checked it in, I asked Chris, 
Uh, do you check the engine mounts uh, each service? He said, yes, we do check that. Um, so we check the same as what they check the coil packs, but they also check the engine mounts and the gearbox uh-huh. mounts. Um, uh-huh. I said, okay, that's fine. Just let me know. They check those. The engine mounts and the gearbox mounts are very worn, very uh, uh-huh. worn down, the rubber. Um, I'm guessing they're the original engine mounts and gearbox mounts. Um, yep. So that that to me is a necessity. So I've gone ahead with that. Yeah. And I guess you'll notice the difference. Like if they've kind of, if they've deteriorated, like that's a wear and tear thing because they're like um, rubber seal with a hydraulic bit in it, all that sort of stuff. Um, at least when you spend your money on that one, your car is going to feel noticeably better after kind of having those two things replaced. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, that was my bottle of water. Um, and I also think, you know, and everything is obviously just being replaced with OEM parts. I'm not doing any special yeah. engine mounts. I'm just going OEM. Oh, did you even ask about um, I didn't ask. the engine mounts? Yep. I didn't ask. I'm okay, happy just cool. to go with, with factory. Um, yep. So then you've got the coils, the cracks in the coils. Now, the cracks in the coils was something I did ask him about, and I did ask yep. if they checked them. Um, maybe because I asked, they, they checked them more thoroughly. Yep. The reason why I ask is because after that, watching that video of Friends Green Porsche, where he went through the 996, and he said this yep. is a common issue with 996s, 997s. The original yep. coil packs have an issue where they crack really badly. And if they've cracked, they can go at any time and your car will misfire, right? Yep. Or whatever it does. Yep. Um, so Chris said, look, they're badly cracked. He said you could leave them. But if they do go, then, you know, you, you'll get misfiring and whatever. Because I'm about to drive to Oberon in a week and a half's time, <clears throat> which yep. is, you know, only a three-hour drive, three-and-a-half-hour drive out of Sydney, <clears throat> I just thought it's best to do it. I don't want to have any issues when I'm in the middle of nowhere, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So I just thought it's best to do it. That was $1,000. I'll tell you the cost of that. That was 1000 So based yep. on my total cost, and this will give an indication of what total cost is, that was quite minimal. Steve, you know what the total cost is. That, that to me was a <laughs> yep. minimal cost. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, I just don't want to be left out in the middle of nowhere and have that. I just thought it was best to do it. When yep. they do the coils, um, when they do the coils, they have to do. They should do the spark plugs at the same time, so the spark plugs are being done at the same time. Yep. Let me just go back to the service, though. Even though it was an annual service, Steve, the annual service was a little bit more the cost of it because they had to, one, uh, drain my fuel, right? Yep. And two, they had to do all the brake, uh, the brake fluids and everything too, because it's been two years. Two years, yeah. Okay. Um, front, my brakes. Now, my brakes, as Auto House is always very good with this, they always say never change your brakes until your sensor comes on. I know I've spoken to other people's on, people on owner's stories, and they've said that their specialists have said the same thing. We yep. know it's true, Steve. Granted, Auto House said the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. Even though my sensor hasn't come on, my front brakes, one side apparently is quite bad. Mm-hmm. I think Chris said it's sticking, it's quite worn down, so one side is bad. When they yeah. change the brakes, they can't just change one side. You've got to do it in pairs. Um, yep. So they're just doing the front brakes. I'm a bit of a novice with this. I thought you'd had to do all the brakes together, so I said, should I do the rears as well? He said, there's nothing wrong with the rears at the moment. They're fine. But you said yep. to me you don't need to do them as a, as a no. four-wheel set, right? No, 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 definitely not, because they wear at much, like tyres, they wear at such kind of different uh, rates sort of thing. So when you think about it, like you're, all the braking is done up front because that's where um, 
that's why you've got bigger bigger front rotors. Yeah. Um, so by rights, like your rear should potentially kind of weigh less. But then I think probably in our cars, that's where um, traction control, the DSC or whatever it's called in Porsche nomenclature, um, it'll probably do, that's where the electronics will probably do the braking, braking on the, your rears to kind right. of um, keep you on a straight line and all that sort of crap. But well, maybe it cuts the engine speed, I don't know. But the thing is with the brakes, we always know the problem. The problem with my brakes, when, when I bought first bought the car, it had gone to Porsche yep. Sydney. Porsche Sydney said the brakes needed changing then. I haven't changed the brakes. That's five years later. Um, <laughs> so I think that's okay, right? So I wasn't problem with yeah. that. The price was okay, just doing the front rotors and pads, right? You were you were sort of pondering whether to just kind of have the brakes done anyway. That, so yes, I was. not I really was. that sort of surprising in any So I was expecting that one too, you know yep. what I mean? Yep. Um, the bump stops. Now, my bump, stop, my bump stops were split. Um, this is what yep. happens. The bump stops are a very cheap part. Um, Chris didn't tell me this, but I know they are. They're a very cheap part. The labor is the expensive part of changing this. Yep. This is not very cheap. This is, it, it's not super expensive, but it's, it's a lot of money for what it is. They yep. were split, um, and I think he said when they touched them, they kind of just broke away. They're, they're very perished. Um, yep. So it was wise to do that. So they're going to change the bump stops and they're going to change the rubber at the top of the suspension as well, replace all the rubber. Yep. The rubber stopper. I'm not sure of the technical side of it, but the rubber stopper, he said, we'll do that at the same time. It makes sense. So that's being yep. done. And then my lateral arms, lateral front arms, is it? Lateral control arms or whatever you call it. There's a lot yep. of movement in them. So he said, you're going to get knocking. Um, he said, it's probably best to do that when we've got the steering rack out and we're doing the suspension, etc. Best to do that at the same time. That wasn't Yikes, yep. That wasn't that much. That wasn't that expensive. Um Not really? Yeah. I think I I can't remember if I've had one replaced or whether they've noted it for me on my car. Um and I know that that's an expensive bit on a GT3. Because I know a lot of people kind of upgrade those um that particular um bespoke kind of piece. Well, I guess yours are carbon, aren't they? <laughs> well, <laughs> you could change them to carbon. Fries. You could change them to carbon. Um, yeah, but that's it. That's everything. So that's everything. That's everything at Order House. Um, and after uh, you know, it's a lot. It is. It's a lot. lot. Like it's I, a lot. Yeah. I didn't want to sort of think about it for too long. I spoke to Chris, asked him a couple of questions, and I said, "Look, let's just do it all." Um, yeah. So we're doing it all. <laughs> yeah, which I would do in the same shoes as you. Um, yeah. Like, you know, like it's it's hard because I just reckon like. Um, I don't know if it's luck or whatever else, but like all of those things that you kind of listed and the guys pointed out are things that kind of happen. Like, you know, your car's 15 years old sort of thing. So regardless of mileage, like I know your car is very low mileage and all that sort of stuff, but they are wear and tear sorts of things. It's just kind of unfortunate that like it's all at the same time. Like I've never had, I like in my in my ownership experience of different 911s or different cars even, like I've had pretty much all of those things needing to be done at some point in time, but I've just never had them all done in the one hit. Yeah. And, you know, I justify it to myself because the fact that, you know, I knew some of these things had to be done in 2019. The steering yeah. rack was going to be done in the beginning of 2020, but I left very early in January in 2020 and you needed yeah, sure. a week to do it. So I couldn't do it, Steve. Yeah. So, And I knew the bump yeah. stops had to be done. I put them off. You know what I mean? Yep. So most of these things, apart from the coils, um, the brakes I knew were coming, most of these things I knew were coming. You know what I mean? They yeah, were sure. there. Um, so yep. I guess in that side of it, I'm not really surprised. I think Waterhouse has done a great job. They haven't 
done anything that's not needed. All these things are, are needed now. Um, I didn't ask Chris about the battery because I asked him to check the battery because I still have this hang-up about my battery being 63 and it should be 70. Yeah. But he said they would test it. It's not on the list, so I'm guessing it's all okay for the battery, so that's good. Um, mm, maybe I'll do that. I could call you later. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that in the new year. Hopefully not. I don't want to spend any more money. Um, and I think, just to go back, I think the cost mm. of the service steering rack alignment cost it could be slightly less because I think Chris said, and I, I can't recall exactly, I think he said that there was a part he added in, and this is mm-hmm. going to your question you asked me yesterday, Steve. There was a part that was added in, I think, which was a $400 part, which he added in, but he they're not 100% sure I need it. If I don't need it, then it will come off that cost. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, cool. So yep. I'm not sure what that was. I can't remember. But, you yep. know, like what Steve was saying, you know, these a lot of these things, you know, a lot of these things, are they're just maintenance items. You know what I mean? And if you... We come back to this mileage thing, Steve, and I know we're you know you're conscious of driving your car at the moment because you don't want to get it dirty. But you know, we come, <laughs> but we come back. Jeez, that's a, that sounds so bad, doesn't it? Such a pansy. <laughs> What's wrong with you? So we'll come back. We'll come back to this. Uh, you know, you know, we'll come back to the miles thing, right? No miles, yeah, yeah. you know. The yeah, no miles yeah. you lose thing. You know what I mean? Like. If you don't, you know, I haven't been, I don't put a lot of miles on my car. I think, you know, my car is, you know, it's like 2,000 kilometers a year. I don't know what that is in mileage, uh, in miles, but it's about two, I think over the period I've owned it, it's only about 2,000 miles, 2,000 kilometers a year. Bearing in mind, I've been away a lot of that time, even before the two years we were away along every, you know, on and off for quite a lot. Yep. So it's hard to tell what my actual mileage would be if I was actually driving the car all the time if i was here all the time and i was driving it but i don't think you should just not you drive your car because you're worried about maintenance items because this is what we we're talking about before steve before we started recording maintenance uh-huh. items are going to happen even if you don't drive your car things are going to wear out things are going to deteriorate things are going to split you know especially rubber items and stuff you know there's a lot of things that you're going to have to fix on your car even if you don't put a lot of miles on it. Sure, you put a lot of miles, brakes are going to wear out quicker, tires are going to wear out quicker, maybe suspension wears out quicker. But in general, there's going to be always a cost involved here. You know, So you can't get, I just don't think, I'd like to know your thought on this, but you just can't get so hung up with this, this mileage thing. Because if you're not driving your car, you're not enjoying your car, you're not experiencing yep. a car. And as I said you in could. London, as I said in London, mate, before I got here, I don't yep. want to think like that anymore. I'm not thinking like that. I'm happy just to drive it and just drive yep. it as much as possible and do as many drives as possible and just get the mileage on it and just enjoy it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's there's also like a train of thought where I think like you didn't deliberately not drive your car for two years, but like it's not good for cars to kind of sit for that long. You know, like it's, it's, not, it's not that you kind of deliberately kind of messed your car up by sort of doing that or whatever else, but like you're just better off driving it. Like you want to keep everything, you want everything to kind of go through its heat cycles. You want to keep everything kind of lubricated and all that sort of stuff. Um, so the best way to do that is just to drive the thing and enjoy and my, it. And my car, you know, I'd only driven it um, to wash it, which is not a very smart far distance, as you know. Um, <laughs> yep. And then I drove it, you know, I drove it yesterday. It was rough. Yep. It was rough. That first bit, to get to the Harbour Bridge and over the Harbour Bridge, yep. it was still rough. When I got to Order House, it was feeling better. Like I think things yep. had got, but the gears were rough. The, the engine was, it didn't sound, you know, it didn't sound right to me. Even starting it downstairs, it didn't sound right. It sounded a bit spluttery to me, a bit like, 
yeah. not good. I guess the old fuel doesn't help. The old oil probably doesn't help. Everything's been sitting. Um, I yep. drove really carefully to order house. I, I didn't go rev it at all. I, I made sure I changed up very, you know, as soon as I could. I just yep. kept it very, very smooth because I was really conscious of it. And I think if was I had tried to... Was like a crazy man? No, like I was still doing... No, no, there wasn't much traffic and I was still doing the speed limit and stuff like that. But I just... You know what I mean, Steve? Like a, I was... Because yeah, yeah, it felt wrong. It, you know, but yeah, I know. Yep. But you know what I mean? Like it actually felt yeah, wrong. Yeah. You know, yep. you know how car sounds and it just didn't sound right. It wasn't smooth. Yep. Even the throttles felt a bit wrong. Like, I don't know, a bit delayed. Well, Everything felt delayed. I think, again, the upside to all of this is, like, I, like I do actually think that's just kind of part of car ownership, but then, you know, step it up to, like, Porsche ownership or, like, car enthusiast ownership where things happen. Like, the car is 15 years old. Like, you do actually kind of need to invest in it to kind of maintain it and all of that sort of stuff. The downside, this is the way I feel about it when it happens to me and it will happen, like, hopefully... Um, not in the near future, but it <laughs> definitely will kind of happen where you just kind of go, oh, shit, there's a couple of grand that I didn't really expect to spend, not that I didn't really want to spend it. And it's funny when you kind of spend like a substantial amount on the car, but um, it's different like when you kind of do like an upgrade where you kind of tweak the suspension or the exhaust or even like an interior cosmetic thing where you kind of go, hey, look at this fun new bit or shiny new bit where... Yeah some maintenance things you just kind of go well you put money into it but you don't actually necessarily see the end outcome if you know what i mean for you it might be slightly different because i actually do think when you go and pick your car up it's going to feel like probably substantially better with some of those things like engine mounts and um, new spark plugs and stuff like that like the car should run like you know quite a bit better to the point where you can literally kind of feel it which you know is Hopefully. at least slightly gratifying given the amount of money that you got to spend on the maintenance. So. Yeah, it's a big investment. It's a big investment. I mean, you yeah. know, when I said Porsches aren't expensive to maintain, well, this this bill kind of throws that out the window. But it has been it has been two years. But um, but all in all, like I said, you know, this thing, Steve, about not driving a car, right? Most of these yep. things are, are maintenance. I guess the cracks in the coils is a fault from Porsche because those coils were an issue and the new coils apparently they've changed right i don't know what if they're the same in yours or not but apparently they've you know the first ones basically from friends porsche said it they're they're wrong and they should be changed out i guess that one is kind of i guess preventative if your car is still working okay i guess that's probably the only preventative maintenance that's been done in this list but to me if it's that badly if they're that badly cracked i think it has to be done i think you just couldn't say no to that and like i said it's only a grand so it's not that bad yeah yeah look look everything kind of adds up i'd it's a funny kind of mindset when you send your car in like i'd think i was laughing with marco you know like he, the his 996 turbo was kind of new to him he hadn't sort of um he had a ppi done blah 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 and then he was kind of sending it in um to auto house and whether it's auto house or a dealership or you know a good independent or whatever that kind of thing of when you drop the car off and then you're sort of waiting. slightly waiting by the phone waiting for <laughs> Waiting oh, for the phone call to see how bad it is know, or how good scary, it is. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you know, I just think that's just kind of part of the, it's part of the deal. Um, you know, like we all have our kind of war stories, I suppose. But um, at the end of the day, like you spend the money, if they do a good job, then you, at least you kind of have the confidence in knowing, you know, like for you, 
if you kind of wind up doing some kind of good long road trips while you're here and stuff like that. Like your car, A, you should drive better, but B, you'll kind of feel pretty confident in sort of driving on something that's been, you know, looked over quite thoroughly. Exactly, exactly. It's good. I'm happy about it. Um, Let's just get through this quickly. What about the paintwork? Oh, yeah, so... um, Pierre's been great. Hi, Pierre. I know you're probably listening. Um, Pierre at Atlas. If, you, if you're in Sydney, and I probably have said this before, I can't remember. If you're in Sydney and you need oh. um, if you need any uh, repairs done to your car, to your prestige car, body to work. your Porsche, bodywork, um, go and see... Um, uh, go and see Pierre, Pierre's Atlas Auto, Auto Body. A lot of you guys who listen, I know in, in Sydney know of, of Pierre. Uh, he's in Artarman. Um, they work on amazing cars. You should follow him on Instagram as well. Instagram is at atlas.autobody, at atlas, A-T-L-A-S, dot autobody. Some great cars on the Insta, some great cars go through his workshop. Um, worth a follow, that's for sure. Mm. Um, but Pierre's been looking after me. It's good. Um, the part He had the part already. He had the bumper part, Steve. Yep. Like I said, I was a bit surprised because I thought it was going to be worse, the bumper, than what it was. Um, yep. But I think it's worthwhile getting it changed. Um, basically, Pierre said it's oh, compromised. Actually, now I know once why you're saying that. Once Sorry, it's damaged, it's compromised. Why. Once it's damaged, it's compromised. Um, and then Pierre sent me images yesterday that he yep. says my bumper is already... And that was that image I sent you, which I think maybe you got confused yes. with. Um, that picture I sent yesterday no. is like stress marks in the in the bumper, which, you know, I yep. polish and look at my car like really well. I mean, obviously, yep. that's under... A, there's a light that he's shining on that, I think, to see it. Um, yep. But there's stress fractures or stress marks in the bumper, which means it's been repaired before, and you can actually see the repair on the bumper, which is under one of the lights. Um, that yep. surprised me because I've never, ever seen that. Um, you sent that to me on WhatsApp. I'm just looking for it again. Did you see it? So that was that was good. So Pierre sent I saw that the marks, yesterday. yeah. Yeah. So um, Pierre went to, I think Pierre or someone from his uh, workshop, uh, went to at, uh, went to Order House. They take the um, fuel tank cap, Steve. That's how they do it. They take the fuel tank cap, and that's how they get match the color. Did you know that? Yeah. Yes, I did. Remember I said, <laughs> remember I said to you that I think that's how they do it? Did you? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Go listen to the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so um, that's all under uh, that's that's all under control. Um, so that'll be great. I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to meeting Pierre and looking forward to getting my car and. Uh, and it's all fixed so the body will be done and the uh all the servicing will be done everything will be fine so be ready to go for that first uh spirited drive steve let me just uh i think you i think you don't know the answer to this question so like you you just liaised with pierre and told him that the car was going to order house and then he's kind of just sorting it out whilst it's there correct right correct yeah okay cool do you know how Um, long it's going to take to do um I don't know. I'll have to speak to him about it. I'm not sure. What about get, the oil house work? Um, still not sure. Oh, well, the, the steering rack takes three to four days. Yep. So I think this week, I think, forget about it. Yep. <laughs> I think maybe next week I'll get the car back. Which That's is what, what you were thinking. expecting anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking probably early next week I'll have the car back, which it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. I tried to get it's a car here. Anyway. You don't want to go out in the rain. Well, I tried to get one of the cars here, the share cars. There's one in the street, right? Um, flexi yep. car. And they suspended my account. I don't understand why. So, And I've emailed them, but apparently they're too busy at the moment to respond to any emails. That's what they sent me back. Right. So we'll wait and wow. see. But I don't have a car. Um, just quickly, uh, Marco. Hi, Marco. Marco was on Owner Stories 996 uh, Turbo. Steve's cousin-in-law. 
Um, memes. Marco messaged me, uh, Lathworks, uh, you guys know about the knobs. Lathworks have finished our knobs. Uh, they've shipped them. They look absolutely amazing, Steve. They look really good, the quality. I know you've got one. Um, I hope it's still in your car because it really is a fantastic shift knob. I swapped it over. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that because put the black one in. Put the black um, poly one back on. That's what I've been driving with. Has I, it got a good feel? It does. It does. It, it's got, like I keep saying to you, I reckon you and Marco will notice a better a more noticeable difference in the driving because it's kind of quite weighty, whereas my numeric is already sort of super stiff and notchy, so you can't notice the weight. But um, I've been driving around with that um, black copolymer thing um, with the engraving on the top of it for the last, since lockdown ended. And then literally just a couple of days ago, I just unscrewed it and I put the the wooden lathe works um, knob on. Yeah, I'm looking forward Just to fun. it. I hope the I hope the height of the rod is okay. I hope everything's okay with that. I mean, Marcus sure, said he adjusted be. it and it's supposed to be the same as yours. Um, yep. If you want to go and see that to the listeners, though, go and have a look at, I don't know what the Instagram is, Steve. Is it WC Lathworks? WC Lathworks, I think. Yeah. Yep. Go to WC Lathworks. It's probably the last image. There's a group of um, knobs there. Marco's ones are the black with the yellow, and I think he's got the stainless speed blaster one, right? Yes. Yeah, and mine is the black one, the plain black one with the white engraving. I don't know who owns the other ones, um, but they look really cool. So really looking forward to getting that. Hopefully it won't be a, a month away like Australian Post is very slow. Hopefully it'll be quickly. Do you know how it's coming? Is, I think it's Korea. I think, it's, I think Marco said it's Korea. I okay, think. so it'll be quicker. I'm not sure. cool. Hopefully. Hopefully it'll be here. Um, and that's about it. That's about an update. Uh, I'll update again next week, Steve, once I've got the car back and hopefully, well, I don't know. Hopefully by next week's episode, I've gone for a drive with all the, with all the work done. Hopefully if it comes back early in the week, hopefully it's all all ready to go for a drive and go for a midweek drive to putty or something very quickly. Yeah. Give me a tingle. If if you're Um, free, maybe it's on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Maybe there's a midweek putty drive in the, in the works there. That would be good. That would suit me better like weekends is like just reckon traffic still kind of bit full on work seems to be kind of dipping a little bit i think put the baby seats in put the baby seats in bring the girls i was looking at actually maybe somebody i keep forgetting that there's this sort of podcast world out there can anyone tell me if um if you can fit a booster seat in a bucket in a sports bucket so whether it's like the Carrera style bucket or, you know, like if you've kind of got like a 991 or whatever, or even, or I've seen them in the folding GT2 sort of buckets, but I'm just kind of curious to know whether or not anyone's kind of fitted like a kiddie seat to um, a Carrera GT style bucket seat or a 991 slash 992 seat. Okay. Reach out, reach out to me if you want at Porsche Cool. Send me a DM or yeah. send Steve a DM. <laughs> send to, it to or me send Steve a DM to, to Inst- <laughs> Steve's though, DM Instagram. Even though I'm the one asking the question. <laughs> and I was just thinking on that same thought. <clears throat> wouldn't yeah. it be cool? And I, I, I guess this wouldn't get approved in Australia or US or UK or Europe. But, you know, in between your bars, in between your bars, roll bars, imagine if you had like a little baby bassinet thing. And it sort of rocks the baby. Like if it was secure enough, it just sort of moves slightly with the car. You could have it like in between That's, the seats. I, you possibly don't remember, but when I got Walter, my mini schnauzer, that's how he used to roll in that car. Ah, <laughs> I, had a, I do remember. I do remember. I remember I had the little doggy basket thing that was kind of propped in the back thing and it was sort of 
strapped to the bar. It didn't rock. So it's okay for dogs. <laughs> Obviously, but he used to kind of roll around like that because he's so small that I could at least get him in the back. But yeah, he's big now, though, right? Oh, bigger, bigger. I saw but... one. I saw one the other day in London. I said, "There's Walter." So, I saw one. Someone had one. Oh, mini schnauzer. Yeah. yeah, a lot of dogs in London at the moment. All dogs are allowed in apartments again. Um, yeah, cool. Hey, we've got a couple more things to get through. We're, but we're going to run out of time. I just want to say this. Uh, there's a Porsche called WhatsApp group. Um, if you want to, this is to the listener, Steve, because I know you won't. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think it's open to everyone. Uh, it was set up by, I think, uh, Bernard Ibita. Um, yep. uh, Still in the Ajmal, Ajmal sent me the invite. I think if you want to join that WhatsApp, like I'm not an admin of it. I'm not controlling it. Um, but if you want to mm-hmm. join it, it's there's a lot of guys there talking about Porsches and stuff, and it's a really sort of passionate group. So um, maybe reach yep. out to um, I don't know who you can reach out to. Maybe Ajmal. <laughs> Ajmal's gonna hate me. <laughs> all these people. Ajmal, Ajmal's an admin of that of that WhatsApp, so Ajmal can probably add you if you want to be a member. Uh, want to be on that oh, chat? Yeah? I, okay. I'm on there as well. I'm, I don't talk all the time, um, but I, I am on that. Ajmal sold sold a few of his cars, right? I haven't watched his video, but apparently so, yeah. I don't want to ask he him until his, I watch the video. <laughs> he sold his, he's not selling the 912. His wife suggested that maybe he should hang on to it. Oh, really? What a good wife he's got there. Yeah. Because um, there's no way in hell my wife would tell me that. <laughs> oh, you're selling the Porsche? Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, he sold the Golf R, he sold the MG, or he's taken it to that, whatever it's called, the market. The market, and yeah. Where he bought his 912 from. He sold that shitbox um, wagon thing, Pongo. Pongo. See, I do pay attention, Ashmal. I just don't talk. Hi, Ashmal. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I always say, if you haven't been to Ashmal's, um, I always like to give a shout out to Ashmal because he, he puts in so much work to these videos. I haven't put any videos up. I know people were expecting me to do an install video. Look, you know, me and install videos, they don't really work that well. I did that console lid cover ages ago. I'll leave the install videos to people like Auto Amateur and home built by Jeff and people like that, you know, who know what they're doing, especially home built by Jeff, you know, um, it's not me. It's not me. These install videos, I but I will do a video. Son. Did you watch that latest one that he did? Not yet. I like Jeff though. He's good. He's got, I like how he does stuff. I saw like he started up his, um, the V8 and his box to bloody hell. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. It sounds really good. I hopefully we'll get to see that. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I, I just don't understand. I still can't believe he's put that engine into that Boxster. It's crazy. Yeah, I just, more to the point is like, I've got no idea what his background is, all that sort of stuff. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. But like to kind of piece that car together the way that he used, like install a Audi V8 into like a Boxster and then have to kind of fabricate like a whole bunch of mounts yeah. and like the exhaust and this and that and everything else. But then he's like, is the intention that this car's going on track? I think I think that was like, the intention when he bought it. I, watched, I haven't watched all of Jeff's uh, videos. By the way, is that haven't like been... not the most extreme usage of like a car that you've just kind of pieced together? But I guess he probably bought that car quite cheap. I mean, that person that owned yeah. it, I think he said it was the cheapest one. What they did to it was just terrible. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the look yeah, of yeah. that car was just scary. But he's pretty talented. I think he said in an earlier yeah. video he's a fireman. I, I know, Jeff, you listen to some of these. I'm not sure if you're listening today. But, um, you know, he's he's a talented he's man he's got, he's got skills, skills. I, I, yeah. I don't know how you do it jeff you know really like the amount of work you do like building fabricating all that stuff um it'd be interesting to see this car and truck how it handles i'd like to know how it handles actually um mm. 
be very interesting. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of handling, let's get on to the main uh, topic that was around all the Porsche channels and all the Porsche oh. podcasts and YouTube channels, Stephen. We've missed it a bit, but I yeah. think we should touch on it because it is pretty important. The yeah, Porsche cool. 718 Cayman GT4 RS. That's the full name yep. for it, by the way. Mostly known as the GT4 RS. Yep. So they've released it. I know it wasn't a surprise. Everyone was expecting it. Um, yep. It's another naturally aspirated flat six engine for Porsche. Um, it has, is the engine from the GT Cup racing car yep. or something? GT3 racing yeah, cup It's a GT3 car. engine. GT3 it's a GT3 engine. engine though. So they've finally, finally not kind of compromised and tried to kind of scupper the performance of the Cayman and they've finally put like the best engine they could in like what is supposed to be like a very good chassis and it sounds and looks like it's unreal. Do you know the price of this car? Have they released the pricing? No. I, even if you could afford it, you can't get one. So you can't get know. one, right? It'd be hard to yeah. get one. Um, I think so the, ba- the interesting thing about the engine bit, though, is that um, those um, scoops, you know, how they replace the rear quarter windows. And they put yeah, that's those, cool. Um, that's a cool feature. Air scoops, like that noise, the induction noise that kind of comes from that must be pretty amazing. It looks good. I like how it looks. I think yeah. it looks pretty good. And this is a last hurrah, right? Because the next Cayman could be fully electric. This could be it. You know what I mean? If yeah. that Mission R yeah. is the Cayman, which people, some people are saying it is the Cayman or the 718 or whatever yeah. you're going to call it, then this is the last hurrah. And they're really gone all out. You know what I mean? Um, it revs, yeah. I, and I've got some specs here I wrote down. It revs uh, as high as 9,000 RPM. Um, yeah. It has an extra 80, 59 kW power, extra 80 PS. Maximum torque has been increased from 430 to 450. Not a lot. Like Steve just said, the really cool feature uh, is those process air intakes behind the driver and passenger windows, which look really, really good, um, yeah. which was where the side windows normally are. They Obviously, they're for airflow, Steve. Um, noise is the main thing that we're all interested in. The noise right next to your ear, like it's that close to your ear, so the sound should be amazing. Because even the old GT4, like the first Gen 1, um sounded pretty good even though it had the you know non-gt engine like the 3.8 Carrera engine that still sounded amazing whenever you sort of hear the videos if you see it hear it from the interior side or and the exterior side it always sounded really good like and i think remember reading something about the fact that the exhaust systems are obviously different because the engine is mid-mounted, not rear-mounted, which means the exhaust system is longer, which affects something to do with the kind of audio experience of right. it. Right, right. Um, but Caymans always sound really good regardless. So it'd be interesting to see if, like, now that they put this amazing GT3 engine that revs to 9,000 in a Cayman, whether it potentially sounds better than a GT3? Possibly. Possibly louder. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we all know the transmission is uh, like every modern RS. Uh, it's PDK, dual clutch, yep. um, seven gears, I think it is, seven? Yeah, seven gears. Um, so you change it by paddles. Obviously, there's a lever, the normal uh, changer on the, on the center console. Weight, Steve. Weight, I thought, was quite interesting. Lightweight construction, that, you know, two-seater, as we know, the, the, GT3, the GT4 RS is a two-seater. It weighs yep. 1,415 kilograms with a full fuel tank and without a driver, so dependent on the driver. Uh-huh. 35 kilograms less than a PDK-equipped 718 GT4. I thought that was a lot. 35 kilograms is a lot. 
You reckon? I don't know. <laughs> no? I still think it's kind of funny. Like, um, uh, 35 kilos is not that much when you think about it. Like, you can lift 35 kilos. I know you, I know you can't necessarily lose 35 kilos off your own weight to kind of save, but it's not really that substantial, is it? I think it is. You reckon? Like, how much was your luggage? <laughs> one person, 25, like, like 25 kilos. It's like one suitcase kind of thing. Our luggage was that. 110 kilos. Oh, just one bag. <laughs> but do you know bag? what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm sort of saying? Like, when you kind of yeah. think about, like, literally 35 kilos out of something that weighs, like, well over a tonne kind of thing. True. And true. they kind of say to you that, you know, we spent all this time and money and blah, blah, blah to the point where you kind of, you know, the badge is a sticker and, um, you know, like they don't coat, they don't paint the kind of bonnet because like they save the kind of weight from the paint and all that yeah. type of thing. It's a selling point, right? So they've used, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they've used uh, carbon fibre, obviously. Carbon fibre reinforced plastic, they call it. I don't know, is that carbon yep. fibre or is that something else? Um, that's for the bonnet. Composite. Composite for the bonnet and front wings, lightweight carpets, yeah. uh, very, very little um, insulation material. Uh, rear window is made of lightweight glass, which we all like. Um, yeah. Lightweight door panels with textile fabric. I don't know what the fabric is. I think that's the hemp fabric, isn't it? Roast tech. Oh, the hemp thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it's got the wing, swan neck wing, which we're familiar with from the GT3. Uh, what else? It comes with a Visac package if you want it, which I think if you bought this car, you'd have to option it with the Visac package, Steve. And the Visac package has um, the front luggage compartment lid, the process air intakes, the cooling air intakes, the air box cover, the exterior mirror upper trims, and the rear wing have a carbon weave finish. So that's like mm -hmm. more of an exposed carbon look, right? But didn't they say, um, didn't uh, Andreas Proninger on the Spikes kind of podcast, didn't he say something like the last with the YSAC on the GT3 RS or maybe it was a GT2 that it was almost like 80 or 90% of orders um, spec'd YSAC? I heard that on an earlier podcast. I haven't listened to that yeah. one properly. And someone said so it's that It's almost like if you order one, you have to order it kind of thing. Yeah, but the non-YSAC are actually rarer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you got a rarer car. Um, you yeah. see how they said the titanium tail tailpipes, they said it yeah. looks similar to the exhaust system on the Porsche 935. Does that mean that yeah, it yeah. is the exhaust system from the Porsche 935 or just uh, similar It's just got that style? sort of fussier kind of look to it. Like it's kind of got those little fins on the inside of the double-walled kind of tip. The one thing I did like about the Visac package is uh, well, we always like a roll cage in titanium, right? I like the color of the roll cage when it's yeah. in titanium. Always looks yep. cool. But the other thing I thought was interesting, apart from the dashboard upholstered in race text, that was just normal. There was the large Porsche logo integrated into the rear window. I'm not yeah, sure. Like I'm not sure about that. I haven't seen yeah, a picture. Really of not sure about that. Have you seen an image of it? Yeah, I have. Is it bad? You can either get it in blue or uh, sorry, black or silver, and it's like really both of them are pretty kind of garish. <clears throat> I think if you could get the Visac package and untick that, I'm not sure if that one works for me. I haven't seen it, but... Uh, yeah. And then the optional thing, which is another thing which you'd like to tick, but God knows how much it would cost, are the 20-inch forged magnesium wheels. Yeah. And blue. you would have what to... What do you think of the blue? I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? But, but it, it, how many colours will that... That, I don't know. that those blue wheels or that blue trim, like there's only so many kind of colors of car that that will actually kind of work with. Yeah. 
But you would have to, Steve, get the wheel, get a wheel and tire package insurance or whatever to color that. You got the magnesium wheels. Can you imagine yeah, if cool you ones. curve them or wreck them? I don't know. Yeah. Scary, scary. It's like having carbon fiber wheels. Like I like the look of some of these carbon fiber wheels. I think they look very cool, but I don't know. I don't think I'd be. I, I, speaking about scared to drive your car, I think I'd be scared to drive a car <laughs> with carbon fiber wheels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really into kind of carbon fiber wheels. Like I like I like my carbon fiber, but there's something funny in the wheel designs. But the last mm-hmm. one that Porsche did was on that turbo, that special gold Turbo S, wasn't it? I think they were an option. Oh yes, yes, the exclusive manufacturer Turbo S that had the carbons. You're right. Yeah, didn't didn't quite like the look of the style mm. of the wheels. I didn't mind yeah. it. I didn't mind it. Um, but apart but apart from that, I mean, obviously it's going to be sold out. Obviously, you're not going to get an allocation unless you've bought something from Porsche before, like a 918 or a GT3. So you know, will new customers get to experience a GT4 RS and buy it new? Probably not. It's probably going to be customers oh. who've had cars before. You'll have to wait till the second market comes up or people flip them, which they'll be selling for a lot more. Um, yep. I think this one is going to be very, very sought after, though. Very, very sought after. No, they all are, I suppose. But it does look cool. I mean, I bet you it. Um, I bet you it's amazing to drive, and I bet you it sounds kind of amazing. So. For sure. Cool. For sure, Steve. That's it. Let's call it. Cool. Anything else you want to share? You want to share your Instagram so people can DM you about those baby seats? No, mate. <laughs> just <laughs> somebody, somebody out there. Just tell me whether or not it's actually kind of possible. I've I've trolled tons of forums actually because the other thing I don't really understand, and this is like my level of parenting, is um, at what age, at what age or what height am I allowed to um, have my daughter come in my G three with me? Five, isn't it? Is it? I would say five. Okay. Do I, do I hear anything else? Can somebody else kind of okay. clarify that? Someone help Steve out with that one. I'm sure there's people out there who know. Yeah. Steve, let's cool. go. It's almost midnight. Nice to have you home, mate. Um, Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. I hope uh, I hope we... Uh, look, I really do hope I covered everything for people today. I know a lot of people have been sending me messages and asking me, and I know I haven't answered every message because I haven't really been uh, on social that much in the past uh, few days. Hmm. But... We will update you next week. We'll talk about it. Hopefully I'll have the car back and hopefully Steve and I have got a, got time or uh, got out and had a drive together and uh, we'll take some images for everyone. When are you, going, Steve. When are you going to Oberon? Going to How Oberon. My niece is getting married on the 7th of December. So we're going 7th of December um, yep. morning and then we're just staying That'll one night. That'll be a night. fun drive. Staying one night, coming back, yeah. So that's yeah, it. Cool. So it'll be good. Hopefully the weather's nice. It's shitty weather here in Sydney. It's like for people who who live in London, in the UK, this is like this is like a cloudy summer day in London where it's you know it's still warm. You don't need a jacket, but it's just miserable. It's grey, miserable, awful. Can't tell whether it's going to rain or not, right? I'm actually thinking of going for a drive because I'm just feeling really cooped up. So yeah, go for a drive. Go for a drive and buy something. <laughs> Come buy can a new iPhone. Come buy a new yeah, iPhone. Can I be credit card done? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Steve. Oh, good, mate. All right. See you again. See you next. I'll see you soon. Talk soon. Um, all right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast today. It's good to be back. Uh, thanks for the support and thanks for uh, waiting for us to uh, redo the redo this episode. I know you guys have a week sometimes is a long time between uh, episodes and I can see it that there's been no one listening to the podcast at all because everyone likes new content. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>